Psalm 23 is, um, those of you who have had a life in the church family, you memorize this early on in life, I'll bet. And then all these various new English translations come along and mess it up. It's a little challenging sometimes, so I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation, but you can either follow along or you can follow along in your head if you have it memorized in the way you have it memorized. Psalm 23, this is a psalm of King David, who himself spent many years as a shepherd, knows what he's talking about. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows and he leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Thank the Lord for his word. Psalm 23 is for sure the most popular psalm, probably the best known chapter in the entire Bible. I've performed many uh, funeral services and quite often for folks who don't have a home church or a pastor. And, and so when I meet with them and I ask, you know, is there anything from the Bible that you would like me to share at the, at the service for your loved one? They often say, well, how about that part about the shepherd? People love it. The Psalms offer to connect with us on a, on a personal level because they speak to our emotional needs and realities. And this Psalm does that very, very well. I want to show you a short clip here in a moment from a, from a documentary featuring uh, the Bible translator, the guy who translated the Message Bible, Eugene Peterson, and one of Music World's biggest celebrities, Bono, from the band U2. Uh, Fuller Seminary did a 15 or 20 minute um, documentary on the two of them together and you can find it on YouTube sometime. But I just want to show you a short clip as uh, Bono and Peterson are talking about the Psalms and in this clip they're talking about Psalm 23. Can you have it roll that? We're going to come back to that song at the end today. You know, I want to ask, who doesn't love that opening line, the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need. Or the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I mean, doesn't that, if that's true, doesn't that just make you go, oh, okay. Doesn't it it speak to something inside of you that, that settles inside there? Now, who can say, really, I have all that I need? That would be good if you could say that. I, I'm not saying that we say, I have all that I want, but can I say I have all that I need? Becky and I, are, we have a Costco membership and we're just, it's up for renewal. We just got it for the last year and it's up for renewal this next month. And we're like, 
Are we going to renew Costco membership? Do we really need this? Yes? I'll tell you the problem I have with Costco. I go in there and everybody looks desperate to spend money on something. And I'm that way too. I'm like, wow, look at the size of that box of Cheerios. And if I buy two of them together, and then I end up throwing half of them out because they went stale. Because it took me so long to get through them. Costco speaks to you. It says, you do not have all that you need. (laughs) Get more. I don't know. I haven't quite decided yet. It's kind of a fun trip, especially if you can catch all the free samples. But when I'm in there, I have to remind myself, I actually have all that I need. I'm running into more and more people these days who are admitting to me in a, in a quiet moment that they're restless or or unsure in life or they're discontent or they're looking for something, but they're not quite sure what it is. Grasping. Uh, I have a pastor friend who's a church planter and his church isn't isn't big, but um, he was just telling me this week that he's. At the beginning of the year, he started a personal coaching program for people who would like some some life coaching. And he he was telling me that um, about a third of his or about a third of his adults in the congregation have already signed up and gone through his coaching program. People are like, just tell me what to do. I need some direction in my life. I need some help. Speak to me. It's in us that we want to be able to say, I have all that I need. Now, the big hurdle in Psalm 23 is this business of sheep and a shepherd. Because I have sheep are not part of my daily world, and I don't think they are part of yours either. So, it's a bit of a challenge to relate to uh, sheep. Right? But for this metaphor, this whole psalm to work, we've got to be able to humble ourselves enough to say, I, I'm a sheep. I... I I need a leader, a guide, a protector. I need a shepherd for my life. I'm not the master of my own destiny. I'm told sheep may not actually be sort of the ideal role model for your life. They're, they're terribly vulnerable. They, they're, they're helpless. They fall over. They literally fall over and, and, and lie there on their back. And they can die like that because the gases build up and the, you know, they can't get help. And, and then if they're a, a pregnant you, then they lose the, the lamb. And the it's shepherds you have to go on standing up their sheep. Ever felt like you fell over and you couldn't get up? I have. All right. They need, uh, they need a lot of care and attention. They're, 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 help, they're mindless followers. They'll do whatever the sheep in front of them is doing. Even if it's getting in trouble, they just follow right along. But they're not stupid either. And they can be very loyal. And, and I'm told that sheep have unique personality, just like you do. And I haven't known many shepherds either. But the relationship of a sheep to a shepherd is a unique one. Sheep are highly connected to their shepherd. If the shepherd genuinely cares for the sheep. They learn to recognize and respond to the shepherd's voice. They can calm down his presence. I'm told that when, when they, in, in 
places where there's kind of small flocks. They'll put multiple flocks into one pen together and the shepherd can go, ew, 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 ew. And just his sheep will leave the big group and follow him along. Oh, I love that. I love that. So sheep then will, will calm down when they hear the shepherd and they'll, they'll trust him. So again, even just this opening verse, this opening line appeals to something deep inside of us. A longing for an abiding sense of, of contentment to know that we're cared for at a, at a deep level, really at the deepest possible level. And I, I think it, Speaks to why we love this psalm so much. If you're following in your outline today, it's in the first part of your outline. Psalm 23 appeals to us because it's a testimony of contentment, value, and security. David, the psalmist, is saying, I, I, I'm content. I know that I have worth and value. I feel secure. I'm going to be okay. That's what, and we love that. It speaks to us on those levels. You know, what I'm hearing from people these days are things like, I just want to do something that matters with my life. Or, I, I need a break. I need some rest. I, I, our pastor's cluster met here this week, and as we were going around the circle, the theme was, one guy after another was just like, I just need some vacation. I just need a break. I, I just need some rest. So Some people are telling me, I'm just so busy, I, I don't know how to slow down, but... I don't think I'm any busier than anybody else, so I think that's normal. And it's just sort of this frantic pace, and you've got to keep up because everyone else is going that frantic pace. I've heard people tell me, just admit to me, look, I, I just wish I had a real friend, someone I could just talk to about real stuff. I'd like to believe that true spiritual community can provide all those things. Doing something that matters, getting some rest, slowing down, having true friends. But it starts with accepting that I'm a sheep and I need a shepherd. A shepherd who's loving and powerful and compassionate and competent and wise who will lead my life. Now, it's not new. This kind of sentiment or desire that you feel, at least I feel it, It's not new. 2,000 years ago, Jesus invited people to come to Him for all of those reasons. Matthew 11, 28 says so. Look at this verse. Jesus said, Come to Me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. I'll give you rest. Friends, you're, you're interacting with people every day right now who have that desire and they're not saying it, but they've, they're just tired of the violence and the news and they want a break. They want rest. Jesus says, come to me. The shepherd will do that. I'm, I'm told that sheep are, are easily startled and restless. But when they're in the care of a good shepherd... They settle down, even if there's danger. Jesus did use the sheep and shepherd metaphor quite a bit, and then, in fact, the the, the, the you know the fact that he called himself a good shepherd or the good shepherd is one reason why 
the religious leaders of his day had such a hard time accepting him. They knew Psalm 23 very well. And here comes Jesus saying, I'm that. That's what I am. John 10 verse 11 puts it this way. Jesus, Jesus speaking, he said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. That's what Jesus said. He, what he's the shepherd. We're his sheep. We're in his pasture. He's not just a hired hand. He, he owns all who trust in him. He bought you back with his own blood. I don't know if you've considered that between the sheep and the shepherd, there's a two-way relationship. So, so far we've said, wow, the shepherd does this, the shepherd does that. Oh, it's so good. But it's a two-way relationship. The sheep receive, you know, life-giving care from the shepherd and they give back. They give back their loyalty and their attention, of course, their woolly coat, right, to the shepherd. The shepherd serves the sheep, but the sheep also serve the shepherd. In my own life, I've discovered that that I tend to try to figure things out first. If I'm making a, a you know, kind of a bigger decision or working through a problem, I, I try to figure it all out. And then I look to the shepherd once I'm tangled up in the fence or I've tipped over on my back. Help. I don't know what to do. My best moments as a sheep are when I first stop and listen and wait and trust for that quiet voice of the shepherd who says, Ew, 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 ew. My, my best moments in life, the times when things have gone, seemed to have gone really well or when I did surprisingly little and he did lots. I'll just give you a little example. Some of you know that my son, Alex, is going to go to university this fall up north. And I spent, I stressed so much over that this year. And you know, it all came together just fine. I, I, like I turned a lot of unnecessary stomach enzymes over that. Why don't I just trust the shepherd? Can you say today, the Lord is my shepherd? That means you trust in Him. No matter the storm you're facing or, or the terrain you're walking over right now, you say, I'm learning to know and trust His voice and, and, and count on His care. The Lord is my shepherd. I want to suggest at least four things from Psalm 23 that the Lord's sheep receive. Right? The sheep experience the shepherds, first of all, provision. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength, restores my soul. Let's me rest. Or the older version said, he makes me to lie down in green meadows. I read an old book this week, which has helped me understand sheep. It's called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Ever, anybody ever read that? It's books. Getting close to 50 years old. It's, it's, it's a great little book. I recommend it. It's probably in our church library, which you could make use of any time you like. But he says, Philip Keller in his book says, A hungry, ill-fed sheep is ever on its feet. 
if, if a sheep is not being well fed, well cared for, it's restless and it won't sit down and rest. It won't lie down. It just keeps moving and moving and moving. And then he writes that, that sheep need, that they will lie down once they're free of pests and predators. They're like, okay, finally, I'm safe. Well, that's what they need the shepherd to deliver for them. A good shepherd gets his sheep to green, healthy pasture lands. He says in his book that a good shepherd will move the sheep frequently to different pastures so that they don't overgraze and it gets them to, to fresh water every day. Jesus himself said that he is the bread of life and that he is the living water. Now, the shepherd can't graze for the sheep. The sheep have to chew their own grass Every sheep still needs to feed themselves in the pasture. And I, I would just remind you, don't, don't wait for me to spoon, you know, spoon feed you or, or, or don't expect someone else to feed you spiritually. Jonathan mentioned, you know, reading from Second Timothy because he's feeding himself. Learn to feed yourself. Get yourself a Bible and a journal and a reading plan and feed on the Bible daily. You're going to meet Jesus in there. He's provided himself to you. He's the green pasture and he's the still water. So take advantage of what he is for you. And then as you learn to feed on what the shepherd provides, the psalmist says, he renews my strength or he restores my soul. I wonder this. What would a restored or renewed soul look to you right, like to you right now? Like what would that mean in your life right now? If you could say, my soul was renewed, my strength was renewed or my soul was restored. How would that impact the relationship and your relationships in your home or your workplace or your community? Is your soul being restored? Secondly, sheep benefit from the shepherd's presence. So there's provision and there's presence. David's, David sings, he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Or he guides me in paths of righteousness For his name's sake. The shepherd keeps the flock moving because it keeps them healthy. You know that a flock needs to keep in motion. You can't just stay in one spot and get stagnant. But I've wondered about that phrase, bringing honor to his name or more literally for his name's sake. Again, Keller in his book notes that in shepherding cultures, the quality of a flock is a direct reflection of the quality of the shepherd. People can look at a flock and say, is that, does this flock have a good shepherd or not? When I let the shepherd guide me in righteous paths, paths of right living, it reflects well on Jesus. Just like you've met someone who claims to be a Christian, but they're just an absolute jerk in the workplace, and you're like, thanks a lot. When when we're on the right paths, it reflects well on Jesus. Even as a flock, you know, churches that are faithful and obedient to the mission of proclaiming the gospel, it makes Jesus look really good. I, I, I just got to pass on a story that I read in The Christian Leader. Now, if you're a member at Bethany Church, you should be receiving a magazine called The Christian Leader about six times a year. It comes from the United States Mennonite Brethren um, office. And it's good. It just reports on different things that are happening in various churches and good articles and so on in there. But there was a, an art, you may have seen this article, um, about a church in Huron, South Dakota that is doing something called Super Summer Jam. Kind of caught my attention. And what this church experienced is they had done their church our size, 
Um, very, very, but, you know, many parallels to Bethany Church. And here was a church that had done VBS week forever, forever and ever. And a group of that church went on a missions trip to inner city Chicago. And while they were there, they were exposed to a, a mode of ministry that really caught their attention, where a church, instead of expecting everybody to come to them for their VBS week, they packaged it and went to various locations throughout the city. And five of the people that went on that trip, five school teacher women said, we could do that. We could do that. And so they came up with this plan that they would do Super Summer Jam. And they started with five different locations in Huron. And I think they've narrowed it, you know, boiled it down to two or three where they suitcase their, basically their VBS week. And they go to neighborhoods that do not have someone proclaiming the gospel in parks or other places where they can put on a great, you know, week of kids camp for the week. And that church is so jazzed and having such a great time. 130 people are volunteering to be a part of this because they realize, you know, we're not just telling the same stories to the same kids every week, every year. This is exciting. We're delivering the gospel to people who haven't heard it before. And I heard that. And I'm like, that's a that's a flock that's following the shepherd. That's a flock that's listening and trying something different. Because the shepherd moves the sheep around. So it was a great, just a great news story. David continues, he says, Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. You see, valleys are usually the place of, like, good land and productivity. Oh, wait a second, what about Death Valley? But I usually think valley is like where things grow and a river flows through it and... Right, And then he talks about the valley of the shadow of death. And you might be in that valley today, or maybe you're walking with somebody who is in that valley. And the promise isn't that you will, not av- the promise isn't that you will avoid the valley. The promise isn't even that you won't die. But the promise is that you'll be led by the shepherd through that valley of the shadow of death. And when you yourself get to your final valley, the believer... Need, listen to me. When you yourself get to that final dark valley, you don't need to be afraid because the shepherd will not abandon you in that. Oh, this is your dark valley. Bye. He will lead you through that, even if it means leading you on to an eternal presence with him. It's not the place to be afraid, even though we all walk through those places. Are you letting the shepherd lead you to new pastures, on righteous pathways? Do you, will we let him lead us as a church, as a flock, through those places so that we're not stuck? So the shepherd gives you his provision and his presence, and he also experiences protection. Protection, David says, your rod and your staff comfort or protect me, or your, your rod and your staff protect me. The shepherd's Rod is a is a the, the the rod that a shepherd uses is a is a weapon. It's a club that's used to ward off enemies. It's also can be a little bit of uh, discipline for the sheep and so on. And then the staff, the long stick, that's the means of guidance. That's for getting the sheep to go in the right spots. That's that's a symbol of guidance. The 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 rod is really the symbol of God's power to defeat the enemy. The staff is really a symbol of the, of the power of the Holy Spirit to guide you in your life. 
We need both. We need God's power and we need God's guiding presence. Now, what's the number of thing, number one thing we always pray for? When you pray, probably the number one thing we pray for, and I do too, is safety, right? Lord, keep us safe. Lord, we're going on this trip. Lord, please protect us as we drive. I do it all the time. Now, what about the dozen or so police officers who were gunned down in the past month in our nation? In addition to another dozen who were injured in those same incidents and, and others who were killed in other ways, vehicular homicides and so on. You can read all about it at uh, officerdownmemorialpage.org, odmp.org. Do you think any of those slain officers were believers and had prayed for protection? I'm sure of it. So did the shepherd fail them? See, we believe the most important thing in life is our physical comfort and our safety in this life. But life is a moment, a blink, a mist, a vapor. It's gone. And there's no pasture where the sheep are 100% safe. The protection and comfort David is talking about is knowing that the shepherd is greater than the enemy's who attack, and that spiritually speaking, the believer's soul is secure in this life and in eternity because of him. For some reason, I was reminded of this this week. As a, as a kid, I was a fan of, of um, Spire Christian comics. Did anybody else read Spire Christian comics in the 70s? Man, Jonathan did. I know Stephen did. This, this, I had this one. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I was about six or seven years old when I saw Johnny Cash sing at a Billy Graham crusade in Seattle, Washington. I didn't know much about Johnny Cash at six years old, but I knew it was a big deal. The Man in Black was singing with Johnny with Billy Graham. And uh, it was a great way to get introduced to sort of Christian classics. There was, you know, the 70s was a great time. It's coming out of the Jesus People movement. And uh, there was, you know, we were reading books like God Smuggler and... Um, the Hiding Place with Corey Ten Boom. And I got to introduce all those to the Cross and the Switchblade with, with David Wilkerson a number of years ago. I was feeling nostalgic because all my comic books disappeared. And, and so I bought some of these on Amazon and I paid way too much for old comic books. And if I kept the other ones, put my kids through college. But um, one that I was reminded of was, was one called In the Presence of Mine Enemies. So all this guy did, Al Hartley, who did all the Archie comics, he just converted popular novels and put them in in comic book form, graphic novel form. And I'd remembered reading this book in presence of mine enemies about Howard, uh, a guy named um, Howard Rutledge, who was a U.S. Air Force pilot shot down in Vietnam and and uh, spent eight years in solitary confinement in the Hanoi Hilton. And he was not a believer when he went in. He'd grown up in church as a little kid and and in prison. He. He re-encountered the Lord. He rediscovered Jesus. And he developed a deep and abiding faith. And while he was there, his, his son was in a diving accident and was left quadriplegic. And, and just that, that book tells that whole story of learning to trust the shepherd in the presence of mine enemies, in the darkest, most terrifying, most abusive places. So, did the shepherd fail? He would say it was because of that experience that he encountered the shepherd. 
I, I don't know how to answer all those things. The problems of suffering and, and why some people have it easy and some don't. I just wonder if you yourself have experienced and seen the Lord's comfort and protection even when you were in a place of fear or suffering or hardship. And David then closes with this beautiful anticipation. He says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Or those of you who memorized this in the King James Version as a kid wondered who these three women, women were. Surely goodness and mercy and why they were following you all your days. It's a message of promise. It's a message of promise. Notice that the psalmist never blames the shepherd for the hard times. He, he relishes God's love that pursues him and that follows him. And, and like a shepherd that continues to search for lost and wandering sheep. Philip Keller says in his book that some sheep never learn to trust their shepherd. They're always looking to break away. And so the shepherd finally has to sell that sheep or slaughter it. Jesus said there are goats in the flock too. Goats are, goats are known for butting heads and eating garbage and complaining loudly. Friend, if you trust and follow Jesus, you're a sheep, not a goat. Don't push back at the shepherd. Don't complain or argue with him. Trust him. Enjoy his love. Best of all, you have this amazing promise. You will dwell in his house, in the economy of his care, now and eternally. I want to close with this question. Can you say this morning, the Lord is my shepherd? Can you let him lead you? And can you give up being the boss and let him be the Lord? Are you, are you able to say with David, I have all that I need. I have all that I need. It might not even be much, but I have all that I need. And if not, today is a great day to yield yourself afresh to him. Well, in that short video clip we opened with, when we heard Bono sing a stanza of an old hymn, uh, that song would not leave my head for a couple of weeks now. I just, that keeps going over and over in my head. So I've actually asked Valora and uh, Ed Wilms, Ed Wilms to sing it. Valora's going to play. Um, you may know that hymn. If you know it, you can sing along. But um, And as they sing, I, my invitation to you, to just see yourself as a sheep in his flock and turn your face to the shepherd. Commit afresh to his leadership and care in your life. Ed, would you sing? The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me down to lie in pastures green. He leadeth me the quiet waters by. Let's stand together as we close in prayer. Jesus, you are a good shepherd. You know exactly what we need. And I just pray that this week would more than ever, in a, more than ever in a long, long time, would be an experience of being able to say, I have all that I need. And Lord, when the news is bad and things don't go our way and things don't work out somehow, that we're still able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need.
And church, my, my challenge to you this, this week is, is just to, to grab hold of and love that He's a shepherd that provides, gives His presence, He, he protects, and He has these promise for you of eternal life. If you don't know the shepherd personally, get to know him. You can talk to someone in the prayer space today or to Pastor Stephen or myself. We'd love to help you come to grips with understanding what it means to become part of his flock. You know, we're not automatically in his flock. It's a choice. It's a decision to say, I trust the shepherd. It's not by default. It's your decision whether or not. He doesn't force anyone in. God, we just thank you for this beautiful picture. Help us to walk in those, by those still waters and to rest in your green meadows this week. We thank you for your great love for us. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.